The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. We're like the stupid people. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. See, I don't care about what you did down in Washington, because that's chicken shit radio. Here at NBC, this is real radio. And the first thing you've got to do is say the call letters properly. Okay? Now, I'm going to teach you how to sing. All right? And, you know, I hope you can get them. Because, see, you don't have a real good voice like I'm as a Captain Frank and nothing. So we're going to have to practice it. Well, the way it's said properly is WNBC. This is key. Come on. WNBC. No, no. Got to be more like this. <clears throat> Listen up. WNBC. You hear that kind of lift? NBC. WNBC. WNBC. Why do WNBC? In my mind, I'm hearing. I'm, it sounds like I'm saying exactly no, what you're saying. No, actually, WNBC. You know what? You got to listen to Imus. Imus does it perfectly. Tell you what, I'm going to take you down to Imus's office right now, and you're going to hear how he does it. Come on, boy. You know, Let's I, go. I, I, Come on. Mr. Amos? I have uh, Howard Stern outside. You have who outside? A young man from Washington. That we, uh, we you have Howard Stern outside my f***ing office? Yes, sir. How did Howard Stern get outside my f***ing office? I brought him down. Well, I'm not going to meet that stupid f***. He's nothing. Oh. F*** off. Bob Seska. If you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, April 5, 2018, and this is the Bob Seska Show. I am Bob. Hi. Hello, Bob. We are brought to you each and every show by BubbleGenius.com. It is the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Head over to TheBowenLawGroup.com for the best lawyer in the world, especially if uh, Robert Mueller is seizing your devices at uh, customs <laughs> as you enter the country. If you're a Russian oligarch and you need a lawyer, actually, don't even bother to call Charles Bowen. I don't think he's going to represent you because you're an asshole. Oligarchs. Oligarchs assholes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, lots to talk about today. Lots to get to. Uh, Kimberly Johnson's here. Kimberly A. Johnson, the author of Peyton's <laughs> Choice. Hello. Let's see what else. Well, you're working on your next book. Well, I'm also the author of The Virgin Diaries. And The Virgin Diaries. And American Woman, The Pole Dance, Women in Voting. And The American Woman, The Pole Dance. It's just American Woman, not The American Woman. <laughs> <laughs> 
and the Peyton's choice. <laughs> yeah. The other day, I was gonna. I got on the seventeen. Yeah, and you made fun of me. <laughs> right, because we're not in the land of the before the freeway number. Yeah, and later we're gonna watch television. In fact, we're gonna watch the cable. <laughs> Okay, uh, like I said, lots to talk about today, but I mean, if you really want a glimpse into what it's like to listen to this show where I'm not firing on all cylinders, listen to Tuesday's show, because Tuesday's show, and this this directly involves you. uh, I know, it's all my fault. Blame me! I was on 48 hours without caffeine, and neither were you. I mean, you had gone... No, I was only 24. Only 24 then. And so I was... I had gone two days without having any real coffee. The reason being is because someone, someone, <laughs> well, me, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's no wonder you, you picked up a, a bag of coffee that was decaf coffee. Cause it looks identical. It looked identical. So I'm not really, I'm not blaming you. It's, but it, it is still my fault. It was an honest mistake that anyone could have made. I could have done that because the little label for decaf was way down at the bottom, like on a little light blue square. The bags looked identical. Mm-hmm. The decaf and the full calf, <laughs> <laughs> both versions of the calf were the same as far as their appearance, except for that little blue label in the lower right corner. And so you ended up getting decaf instead of the full calf. And so we were drinking that unbeknownst to us for two days. Well, no, only and, no, the only you had it for two days okay. because I on Monday had to take my mom to the eye doctor. Ah. So I spent the night at her house. I see. And fortunately, because she is seventy one and only drinks decaf because yeah. she's old now and doesn't drink caffeinated coffee, um, which she would say. So don't yell at me for calling my mom old. But uh, <laughs> that's what she would say. I'm old and I can't drink the coffee. So anyway, uh, I. She only has one coffee maker, and I was so concerned, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm thinking I can't fucking stand decaf. And <laughs> um, but she had some regular coffee and wasn't because she was having cataract surgery. Yeah. So I had to take her to her uh, to the doctor appointment, and fortunately, I got to have my. So at least I had it. But um, for all of those people out there who are um, weak and can't handle hormonal issues, too bad because I had them. Um, I'm a woman and I have hormonal issues, but it's W H O R hormonal. W H O R. Anyway, so I was I was like already feeling hormonal. Like as you can as you can attest, my boobs have been huge. <laughs> Her boobs are enormous. It's amazing she could get into the room. Anyway, so I was I was already feeling kind of low energy, and then on Tuesday, you know, we had our coffee. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and. I thought I was drinking de- uh, regular caffeinated coffee and I was like, I got up and I, I started to do my work and I was in such a mental fog. Yeah. I mean, I've had days where I haven't had caffeine and I've been okay. Mm-hmm. But this particular day, because I'm experiencing my hormonal issues uh, and then no caffeine, I went into bed and I just stayed there. Yeah, for like three hours, and then you were doing your podcast, and when you came out, I'm like, and I had such a headache too, and I'm like, uh. I mean, I was doing my podcast in only the very technical sense. I was barely here. I mean, thank God Buzz was here, and Buzz was coherent because he basically had to carry the show because I was like, I got it. Trump. Well, I did learn that so apples like, are, are supposed to help you with feeling good. So at least it, when when we do get too old to actually have de- caffeine, we, we can remember the apple. It was almost like Ben Carson like <laughs> drugged me or something because I felt like 
I mean, I completely felt like I was just napping the whole time. And by the end, I'm going, I don't <laughs> understand what's happening to me. I have mononucleosis or something. <laughs> and, and so I'm sitting here after the show, putting the show together. And I'm like, what is wrong? I mean, literally, I thought there was something wrong. Like I have like a brain tumor or something like that. It's not a tumor. Yeah, I know it's not a tumor. Uh, it's not a tumor. But but what happened was I I finally somehow mustered the brain energy, the capacity to deduce that maybe we had been drinking decaf coffee. And sure enough, I went to the refrigerator, pulled out the bag of coffee, and I'm looking all over it. I'm going, well, this looks like a normal bag of coffee. And then I finally noticed, oh, oh, there it is. Oh, thank. I, I'm not crazy. I've been drinking decaf coffee. Can you imagine if we didn't know? And at some point I go, at one point I said to you, Throw it away! It's worse than poison! <laughs> Just like I actually out loud said that decaf coffee is worse than poison. Throw it away or else we're going to drink it again. So uh, so that was the situation like, I'm with I'm glad Tuesday. you figured it out or this whole week would have been shot to I know. Can you imagine by now I would have been cr- like <laughs> yanking my eyeballs out by the roots and it would have been a disaster but anyway so uh there there you get a sample of what it was like to hear me talk for an hour and a half without any coffee whatsoever and the the two words i have to say in response to that is autopilot i was completely on autopilot so that's uh that's the explanation for why tuesday's show was extra sleepy was extra ben carsony uh okay so the the trump presidency is eroding our sanity According to this new study, I don't know if you've seen this, Kimberly, no, but haven't. it's uh, <laughs> there's a great picture on Raw Story of Trump pointing to his head, looking <laughs> like he's doing the I'm crazy gesture, you know, the swirling hand, the swirling finger around your uh, at the side of your head. A new psychological study published in the Journal of Anxiety Disorders claims that Trump's election has led to a reported increase in stress. That includes, quote, political intrusive thoughts and ritualistic behavior, which researchers describe as, quote, obsessive compulsive like symptoms specific to specific to politics and some individuals. So that kind of explains me. And I'll I'll just I'll speak for myself on this, because one of the reasons we got going late today and there were several reasons that I'm not going to get into. But the, one of the main reasons was I was just on Twitter. I'm just like scrolling through Twitter, waiting for that food pellet, waiting for that latest bit of Trump Russia news to come down. Like, is there going to be another indictment? What are we looking at today? What about Robert Mueller and stopping the oligarchs at the airports, et cetera, et cetera? I'm looking for the latest bit of information that will satisfy that fix now. Yeah. And I feel like that's a little bit obsessive. Uh, I'm certainly having ritualistic behaviors where I, you know, I've got to have certain things a certain way in order to uh, do a podcast or to uh, to get through. I think we're all looking for ways, you know, to uh, survive all of this mm-hmm. and, and latching on to things that feel normal because everything is so abnormal right now. We're desperate for some sort of normalcy, and if ritualistic behaviors provide that normalcy. I guess that's true. Now, I'm not going around like I'm not opening the door six times before I can go through it or else something bad is going to happen. I don't know if I'm necessarily at the point where I'm feeling clinical about it. I don't know about you, (laughs) but I do know that we're the same when it comes to, you know, the Pavlovian response to getting Trump Russia news. Well, my my situation is that I I, you know, the first year 
of his presidency, it was like I was lapping it all up. It was exciting, not to say that I was happy about it, Mm -hmm. um, but exciting in the way that it's, it's thrilling. It's, it's freakishly scary. Um, you're, I I was so rooting for Mueller. I mean, obviously I still am, but I mean, all, all of these, uh, sensationalistic headlines coming down the pike every five seconds. And so, yeah, you do get used to it. I found that this year, uh, there's been a switch in me where, and I've said this before, um, on your or my podcast that, I feel a little, um, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm burned out in that I'm um, less crazy excited over yeah. over what's happening. Occasionally headlines come down, like the one the other day that Mueller uh, said Trump was a subject and not a target. That was exciting to me because yeah. I, I understood that um, it didn't take long for a lot of, you know, people to suggest that maybe this was a tactic and a strategic move on Mueller's part mm-hmm. to, to lull him into a sense of, oh, well, I'm going to talk to you now. So those kinds of things excite me. But what I found is I, um, I mean, we've gone through this big move. So, and then I got sick. So of course there are things that have interrupted, but as far as ritualistic stuff for me, I'm finding, I'm trying to get away from, um, not politics per se, but I really enjoy my time when I'm exercising or if I take a walk I'm I'm trying to notice, you know, beauty outside. Mm. When I go to the grocery store, I go out of my way. And it's not something that I leave the house thinking, I'm going to do this. But I find that when I'm out and about um, and I'm, I'm around people, I go out of my way to be friendly. Because I don't know who feels alienated by Trump. And I'm a white person. So maybe people look at me and think I'm the enemy. Like yeah. I'm a white privileged person who is on Trump's side. It's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but I, I, I appreciate everyone and I like every, you know, so it's like, I, I, I think I'm kind of going in that direction. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and in fact, this study continues on to specifically cite social media here. It's a, found that 25% of its subjects in this study reported experiencing multiple OCD-like behaviors related to politics every day, aided in no small part by the real-time availability of information on social media platforms such as Facebook and Twitter. So there's that. And, and you know, I, again, it goes back to looking for normalcy. What you're doing is you're yeah. looking around you and seeing normal things, trees and clouds and mm-hmm. sunshine and grass and things that you can latch onto that aren't completely scrambling your head. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I keep thinking about and I keep going back to uh, especially over the past couple of weeks is the gaslighting where it's confounding to me and I know all the reasons why I understand the whole idea of fake news and the fact that all of these people these 62 million or maybe it's fewer now but uh, why 62 million people voted for Donald Trump because of th- them considering that uh, Wall- the, the Washington Post and New York Times the Wall Street Journal and NBC News and ABC News and CBS News are all fake news and I understand that that is the catalyst for how they're able to latch on to Donald Trump, despite all of his corruption and his incompetence and his malfeasance and all of it. But still, I, I can't get my head around the idea that they're looking at all these events and going, ah, he's great. Yeah, it's just staggering to me that they can look at this information and information that is 
easily verifiable. I'm not talking about opinion pieces on Twitter or on the blogs. Uh, I'm talking about hard news that's backed up by, well, I guess, you know, then it's the deep state and so on. So it's like they've always got an excuse for something. And then a lot of what they do is project the accusations against Trump back onto the Democrats. Mm-hmm. So it's not that Trump conspired with Russia to hijack the election Hillary in 2016. Did. It was Hillary and it was Barack Obama and it's the FBI and it's Robert Mueller. And in fact, we're going to get to a, a, a clip of audio here on the show today in which a substitute Alex Jones appeared on Infowars and just couldn't stop screaming about Robert Mueller's uh, attempts to stop oligarchs at the airports and check their <laughs> devices and everything like that was screaming that this was a violation of their civil liberties. No, it isn't. But yeah, but we can expel as many Mexicans as we want. We just can't stop Russians right. from coming into the country. We should allow them in, you know, so and that's the insanity that I'm talking about. That's the level of gaslighting that I'm hearing. So what you're saying is. We have to get the Mexicans out and we have to move the National Guard to the border to prevent them from coming in. But let all the Russian oligarchs in because they're great. Yeah. Or I should say white. They're <laughs> yeah, white. Really. Exactly. <laughs> That's well, the- and just just to interrupt you quickly, there's yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but there's a new Washington Post article that says Trump conjures yet another immigrant rape epidemic. That is. Oh, true. no. Yeah. Yeah. He loves going there. Yeah. Like if there's one rape or one murder, that means. Yeah. And it's a way to um, make brown people seem bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because who is he picking on? Not Russian, not Russian immigrants, immigrants. I'm sure that he's not worried about them. It's all it's all the Mexicans and the Muslims and anybody who's got brown or black skin. That's right. And speaking of people with different colored skin than than most of the Trump supporters, um, Trump is engaging in this trade war. And this is one of the things that drives me batshit uh, and trying to figure out how they're looking at all of this news, how the Trump supporters are seeing all of this, because in the context of this trade war, it turns out that this is only going to, at least for now, really seriously impact Trump voters more than me, more than you, more than Stephanie Miller, more than Jody Hamilton, more than anybody we know. This stupid trade war, this war of choice that Donald Trump has decided to engage in because clearly because someone on Fox and Friends said, hey, let's have a trade war. And then Trump said, hey, let's have a trade war. And that's why we're in this. But the fact of the matter is, is that the the Trump supporters are be are going to be the ones who are going to be harmed the most. Uh, Greg Sargent wrote this great piece where he uh, put together a chart showing uh, the numbers of jobs in the sectors that are being hit by China right now. China! Right? Yeah, this, <laughs> these are all the jobs. In, in, trade, in China's retaliation against Trump's tariffs, here are some of the sectors. Non, non-citrus fruit and tree nut farming, hog and pig farming, dried and dehydrated food manufacturing, wineries, uh, alcohol manufacturing, iron and steel pipe and tube manufacturing, secondary smelting and alloying of aluminum. That's a sector. But there are a lot of jobs in Trump counties. 149,000 of them. 149,000 Trump supporters are going to be uh, affected in those sectors alone because of what Trump has decided to do to China. So I, I keep asking the question. I wonder if the forgotten men and women are still going to love Trump yes, after, they will. after everything at, at Walmart costs twice as much. Because they're going to blame the Democrats. They're going to find some reason to blame the Democrats, yeah. I'm sure. 
And that's what drives me nuts. Yes. You, you can't. You can no longer look to a statistic and say, "But look, see, this is what's happening, mm-hmm. and this is why, and this is verifiably why, because this is reality." They're going, ah, 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 ah. "No, no, no, it's not fake news. Fake news, deep state." Boy, isn't that convenient that they've got that for every single thing? I mean, no more is. I mean, gone are the days are of having some sort of reasonable, sensible argument with the other side where things are based on, you know, facts and easily verifiable objective reality. I just say, no, 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 no. Deep State. Deep State clearly put together those numbers. I mean, the reason those numbers are the way they are, 149,000 jobs in Trump counties affected by Chinese duty on American products imported into China. Yeah, that's all Deep State. They're cooking those numbers. Just like they cooked the numbers uh, when Obama was president and showed low unemployment. They were cooking the numbers then, but they're not cooking them now. And by the way, notice how Trump has stopped talking about the real unemployment rate. Just want to throw that in there. The real and, unemployment. And he's also not bragging about the uh, stock market either. Yeah, not bragging about the stock market. <laughs> very, very bad. And that's also related to Amazon and a, and a new report by Jonathan Allen and Axios. Uh, has some insider information of what's going on inside the White House with Donald Trump and, and Amazon. He seems, well, one source told uh, uh, Jonathan Allen, I think it's Jonathan Allen, is it? Oh, Mike Allen. I said Jonathan yeah, Allen, yeah, Mike from, Allen. Yeah. Mike Allen uh, reported uh, from the source who said, quote, he's obsessed with Amazon, a source said. Obsessed. Hmm. Uh, a source who's spoken to the president said, quote, he's wondered aloud if there may, may be any way to go after Amazon with antitrust or competition law. Trump's deep-seated antipathy toward Amazon surfaced when discussing tax policy and antitrust cases. The president would love to clip Jeff Bezos's wings, but he doesn't have a plan to make it happen. Behind the president's thinking, Trump's wealthy friends tell him Amazon is destroying their businesses. His real estate buddies tell him, and he argues, or and he agrees, that Amazon is killing shopping malls and brick and mortar retailers. Uh, he's also killing, Amazon is also killing Trump's net worth. That was another thing that was uncovered this past week. Forbes reported that uh, Trump's net worth declined by $400 million mm-hmm. because of devalued real estate due to brick and mortar retailers slowly shuttering because of Amazon. And also, I'd like to add, because of their own bad decisions. Let's not blame this entirely on Amazon. Brick and mortar retailers can compete. They just have to choose to compete. The whole post office thing, that's very much a perception he has, another source says. It's been explained to him in multiple meetings that his perception is inaccurate and that the post office actually makes a ton of money from Amazon. And we saw that earlier in the week where Gary Cohn was like, yeah, uh, the post office is making a huge profit based on the Amazon deal with shipping. And Trump's like, la, 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 not listening, la, 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 la. Instead, instead of believing Gary Cohn, instead of believing his own advisors, instead of believing the actual United States Postal Service and the information posted on their website, he believes instead Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade and Pete Hegseth. By the way, speaking of Pete Hegseth, I replied to a... Uh, a uh, Pete Hegseth, Tucker Carlson thing mm-hmm. yesterday. You know, they were on their show. They, oh, were on yeah, Tucker, yeah. they were on Tucker Carlson's show saying that uh, that only NRA members should be allowed to debate gun control. <sighs> so yeah, I, was like, I saw your tweet and I retweeted it. Yeah, I said, uh, I said, so, okay, fine. I'll make a deal. 
I'll make a deal. You, we can do it that way. Only NRA members can talk about gun control. If only people with vaginas and ovaries can talk about abortion and birth control pills. <laughs> do we have a deal, Tucker Carlson and Pete Exit? Of course, they just ignore you. Of course, they just ignore But And also, speaking of abortion, is that guy Kevin Williamson? Yeah, he's uh, Kevin Williamson had an opinion about women who had an abortion or had abortions that they should be hanged. They should be so, hanged. So uh, he's been he was hired nice to guy. be a staff writer at the Atlantic, but uh, fortunately he was fired. And it was I guess they had I I don't have the story in front of me, but I guess it was a combination of comments that he made mm-hmm. um, over a period of time that said that that particular comment was. Uh, part of his overall view yeah. as opposed to like a one-time thing. So anyway, thankfully, he's not going to be writing for them. Right. No, that's uh, thank God for that. Yeah, that's good news. I know uh, Jessica Valente and Narel were all over that and <laughs> ultraviolet. Right, right. And uh, speaking of that, too, does it look like Cecile Richards? Do you think Cecile Richards is running for president? Well, you know, she said never rule anything out. So I think she's, that means she's going to run. Yep. As, that's she's as, fucking, she's awesome. She should run. As soon as she said that on Rachel the yeah. other night, I was like, oh, she's running. Because usually if they're not going to run, they're really, they put their foot down yeah, and yeah. said, Nope, nope, not running. I'm not interested. Not I'm in not it. interested. Not but in yeah, it. she left. The, she left that door open. Yep. And I think there's, you know, good reason. And I, I love her. <laughs> yeah, she's. I mean, the she's Ann Richards' daughter. Which, by the way, I don't know if it's available right now. We tried searching for it some time ago, and it wasn't. But there's this awesome documentary about her mom called All About Ann. Oh, if yeah. you can watch it, it's so good, and and mm-hmm. it really delves into what she dealt with as a female I mean, she was in Texas, you know, mm-hmm. so what she dealt with, as, like, you know, as a female elected official and, uh, you know, you can only imagine, you know, we, uh, we, didn't we see a few of the Oscar movies? I'm thinking of, uh, strong women leads in these yeah, movies, we, well, uh, we saw, going from Cecile Richards onto, uh, the, the topic of filmmaking. Yeah. We saw the, uh, we the saw billboards. Three, three billboards, right. With, and the Francis Lady Bird. And, and Lady, we saw Lady Bird and I, Tonya. And I thought... Oh, yeah. That was my favorite of all I, Tonya was the best of those yeah. three. The, the darkest was clearly Three Billboards, which yes. surprised me. For some reason, I thought Three Billboards was going to be a dark comedy. I don't know why I had it in my head that it was a dark comedy, <laughs> but it wasn't a comedy. No, it was, not at all. Not in the slightest bit was it a comedy. It was, I was just good. Like, it was good. But it, for me, it was one of those movies. It's like you said, I'm never, never going to watch it again. Yeah. And neither will I. It was not hard. because I didn't like it. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I just, um, I thought that it was hard and yeah. heavy. It was a hard, hard movie to watch. I, Tanya, on the other hand, really, really, really reminds me of um, the movie. Um, Oh God, it's going to take me a second to think of. I always, it's like I have certain movies that I can't. Well, uh, while you're thinking of that, okay, I'm, I'm just going to make the comparison. That both I, Tonya and Lady Bird had something in common where uh, I think Laurie Metcalf's right. character was very, well, not similar. I, it was kind of the same vibe as Allison Janney's character and I, Tonya. Just this overbearing, right. powerful, almost sadistic mother character. Although she was a little nicer. Did you, what? Uh, uh, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf's, yeah. yeah, the mom, the Lady Bird's mom right. was uh, was. She nicer. was just overbearing. Yeah. And the I, Tonya mother was just like a fucking bitch. And, that, and so Tonya Harding's mom is really that fucked up and weird? Yes, yeah, she is. In fact, I've seen, awful. I've seen some interviews with her. And the movie I was thinking was <laughs> To Die For yeah. with Nicole Kidman. They're very similar because they are both kind of in that documentary style of telling mm-hmm. the story. It's not a full-on documentary. 
but it's like sh- they're talking into the camera and telling you what happened and then they go back yeah. to flashbacks of, of, of the footage. So um, the same thing they did with, with To Die For as well as a great soundtrack and dark humor. So I, if you like that movie To Die For, you're going to love I, Tonya. But anyway, um, yes, uh, I saw an interview with her mother uh-huh. And I mean, you know, it's hard. She, to... she had that bird on her shoulder. No, I, no, she didn't. She actually looked a little better uh-huh. uh, than she did in the film, which she looked very much like Alice and Jenny looked very much like her. Yeah, totally. When they it. showed pictures, but um, I think her mom's kind of psycho. And um, oh, you think? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in real, I think it was pretty bad. The thing I kept thinking about, and maybe you kept thinking about this too, as an actor yourself, is Alice and Jenny having to sit there for that couch interview. <laughs> Uh, that they keep coming back to yeah. throughout the the movie, <laughs> and she's got to sit there with that parrot on her, that bird <laughs> that on her shoulder, and it keeps biting her ear. <laughs> and she's like, she keeps having to swat it away. I just kept looking at that, going, I wonder how much of that is real. Or, yeah, right. Well, I, it had to be. The bird wasn't acting. Well, I thought maybe the bird was CG or something like that. Oh, like they I see. CG'd okay. in the bird. So I don't know. I automatically assume that anything like that, any little bit of business happening <laughs> is, is is done deliberately and not accidentally. So there it was. But anyway, so uh, you know what I want to do? I want to uh, t- take a short break to talk about our Amazon link on the show here. And then when we... Uh, when we're done talking about that, I want to get into H.R. Uh, McMaster versus Donald Trump because uh, McMaster delivered his uh, farewell remarks the other day and just lit into Russia and America's lack of response to Russia, meaning specifically Trump's lack of response to Russia. And so Morning Joe put together a compare and contrast between Trump's remarks and McMaster's remarks. So we'll get to that in a second. But, I mean, what better time right now to go shopping at Amazon.com through our link (laughs) right when Trump is going to war against Amazon. So you want to stick it to Donald Trump, go shopping right now through our Amazon link. It's at BobSuska.com. If you go to uh, BobSuska.com, just beneath the logo, just beneath my bulbous face on the new red, white, (laughs) and blue logo there, uh, you'll see the all-caps Amazon link. If you click that link, it takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com as if you had typed in Amazon.com. It's the same experience, except now, because you went in through my link, everything you buy at Amazon, or I would just say most of the things that you buy at Amazon, we collect a teeny tiny commission from those purchases, right? That's how it works. It costs you nothing extra. In fact, if you sign up for Amazon Prime, you get free shipping and all kinds of premium uh, things such as uh, uh, music downloads and movie downloads and all kinds of great stuff there. Uh, But then uh, you sign up for uh, Amazon Prime and you're all set. And the shopping experience is just the same. And of course, Amazon has a gazillion things, anything you possibly imagined uh, uh, finding there, including some of the movies that we just talked about. And so, including my book, Peyton's Choice. Including Kimberly A. Johnson's book, Peyton's <laughs> or Choice. Or The Virgin Diaries. Or The Virgin Diaries, or The American Woman. <laughs> uh, okay, so so go and do that right now and uh, piss off Donald Trump. And maybe through your purchases, you'll uh, knock Donald Trump's uh, net worth down just a little bit more. All right, go and do that right now and tell all your friends. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to today's show. Uh, we're doing the show for the second time today. That's what's going on today. But, you know, uh, well, I don't want to get into why. Just 
chalk it up to technical problems. This is our second time through. Because, of course, quality means so much to me. Uh, and uh, let's see what else. All I'm right, just going to listen to this song all day. Yeah, I was just temporarily distracted by cr- <laughs> Cracker and Low. Um, okay, so H.R. McMaster is uh, is burning bridges behind him. He's, he's determined to go out by making sure that at least the people who are paying attention know that the American government and specifically the Trump administration isn't doing nearly enough to stop Russia. And on Morning Joe this morning, they put together a, uh, a series of clips back to back of Trump talking about Russia and H.R. McMaster talking about Russia. And, and which of the two do you think is, is tougher? <laughs> well, Russia? you know, Trump has probably been the toughest on Russia than anybody else in the whole world, according to him. Yeah, that whole issue of Trump and Russia. But, you know, the other, there was that quote where he said, I've probably been. I've probably been. And tougher yeah. on Russia. What, what did he say? He's like. Don, he, he used himself in the third person. I mean, nobody, he's a fucking idiot. Nobody, nobody has been tougher than, Don, on yeah, than Donald Trump. Which Proba- we, probably nobody has been tougher. Probably nobody. And we know for a fact <laughs> that anytime he says that, he means the opposite. He's lying, right. lying, lying. It's one of his poker tells. Whenever Donald Trump says, nobody is less racist than Donald Trump, <laughs> yeah, that right. means Donald Trump is, is the most racist. I am the least racist. I mean, there's a little bit of racism, (laughs) but I am the least racist. And so that means that Donald Trump is tremendously racist. There's nobody who loves women more than Donald Trump, right? (laughs) And there's nobody who's tougher on Russia more than Donald Trump. Here's this, uh, here's this back and forth between Russia or between Trump. You know, see, I'm always, uh, if I'm not calling Trump Putin, I'm referring to just Trump as Russia. Yeah. It might as well be. Here's that, uh, here's that clip. Mr. Putin may believe that he is winning in this new form of warfare. We'll find out. I'll let you know. I mean, it'll be a time when I'll let you know. Russia brazenly and implausibly denies its actions. Probably nobody's been tougher to Russia than Donald Trump. We have <laughs> failed to impose sufficient costs. Nobody's been tougher on Russia than I have. Perhaps he believes <laughs> that our free nations are weak. And will not respond. I know you're nodding yes, because everyone agrees when they think about it. We might all help Mr. Putin understand (laughs) his grave error. So who knew that H.R. McMaster would be kind of a hero? I mean, it's weird to say that because, you know, he, I don't know. I guess he agreed to take the job. And I think the same goes for John Kelly and Mad Dog Mattis. Mm Mm-hmm is their patriotism and their military discipline had uh, coaxed them basically to take the job so that they could control to some extent what was going on inside the White House. But H.R. McMaster, H.R. Yeah. where's he going? He's going away. And then in comes Bolton, which may not even happen. That's right. And then... Kellyanne Conway as Witchy Poo. I'm not going insane, I promise. I'm yes, you are. Gone. I'm just loving this too much. Kellyanne. Kellyanne. <laughs> 
Brought to you by LSD, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> LSD, the finest hallucinatory. Was watching too and knew exactly what to do. He saw the witch. Millennials are going like, what, what? is he doing? Why are is there millennials this? listening? But who would get there first? Sing along. This is the longest theme song ever in the history of theme songs. We're going on minute nine. For like, real? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's gonna be like, did that it's much time pass? And I just missed it. <laughs> you can't do it because you can't do enough. Oh, the Saturday mornings of my youth. <laughs> wait, wait, there's another verse. There's a. Uh, I guess I cut out the solo. I just section like have triggering memories of like <laughs> Captain Crunch and and wearing pajamas. Yeah, that was the greatest show. The well, HR. One of them. I think it was one of them. The uh, the Sid and Marty. Croft. There were so many great Saturday morning. I mean, I think my favorite of all was Land of the Lost. Another uh, Sid and Marty Croft. Croft. Yeah. It was the Croft Superstars. Yeah. And it was like an hour, and they would show like four different episodes, each one like 15 minutes long. Right. One was one be like HR Puff and stuff, and then there would be Land of the Lost, and then there would be... But Land of the Lost was more than 15 minutes. I think it was like a full-on half-hour show, wasn't it? Y- y- was it? I don't I know. It maybe was. Maybe it would take up a yeah, full I mean, half it hour. It seemed like it was when I was eight. Yeah, it just seemed long. But I think they were only, I want to say they were only 15, 20 minutes long, and then they would squeeze like three of them, from maybe uh, four or three of them well, into a single Well, then there was also, what about, one, remember the Wonder Bug, or what was it called? There was, uh, there was uh, the, the Bugaloos. No, it was the that Bugaloo? car. Oh, and there was also Dr. Shrinker. Do you remember Dr. No, Shrinker? I don't remember that one. He's a bad man with an evil mind. Hmm. It's it basically Donald oh, Trump. Vaguely, yeah. <laughs> vaguely. And, and the, these these three teenagers end up on his island, and he and, yeah, yeah. and Doctor Shrinker hits them with their with his Shrinker beam, and so they're really teeny tiny. So and then his uh, Billy Barty played Doctor Shrinker's sidekick <laughs> because of course. <laughs> Because, of course, he's got to have a little person playing his sidekick, you know, a guy who shrinks people. Get it? Get it? Uh, <laughs> it is Wonderbug, by the way. Oh, it is don't Wonderbug? Hear this. Look up. Okay. You know, don't you remember? It was like that. Oh, yeah. That, Wonderbug. Like, it was like a, dune, or, like a dune buggy. Dune buggy, yes. It was a talking dune buggy. Yes. And what, Sigmund the Sea Monster, yeah, which they yeah. have recently rebooted. I was glad to see Sigmund the Sea Monster back with a guy in a suit, like a poor dwarf in a suit. <laughs> In a sea monster suit. Okay, so uh, we were, what were we talking about? HR McMaster. I'm sure he's so happy that we were uh, <laughs> coupling him with HR Puffin stuff. An extended uh, discussion of Sid and Marty Croft and the Croft superstars. He's listening, going, "Damn it, Bob! Why did you? Why are you doing that? That's what all the kids told me when I was a kid. They always made fun of me, called me HR Puffin stuff instead of HR McMaster." Okay, so Mueller's team is questioning Russian oligarchs, which. Can we let's have a point of order here? I think we need to talk about vocabulary before we get into this story. I think we should be saying conspiracy instead of collusion. Yes. Cover up instead of obstruction. And we should be calling them gangsters instead yes. of oligarchs. Because oligarchs How about now, wealthy oligarchs. I mean wealthy gangsters. Wealthy gangsters. Isn't that that's a d- double positive, isn't it? Isn't it redundant? Like we all well, let's automatically assume 
that if they're into organized crime, which most of these people are, I mean, let's face it, yeah. all the oligarchs in Russia are stealing money. Yeah, but I from, mean, oligarchs are beyond, like, yeah. soprano wealth or whatever, you know. Oh, far beyond. I mean, we're talking billions and mm-hmm. billions of dollars per oligarch, yeah. and they're and they're stealing it all from the Russian people. I mean, that's what Vladimir Putin himself is doing. Vladimir Putin is the king of all oligarchs, and so he's the HR puffin stuff of oligarchs, <laughs> and he's been stealing money from his own people this whole time. This is a clip. And I keep saying that Donald Trump, I believe, is terraforming America. I believe he's wiping out what exists of the United States right now mm-hmm. to be replaced with one of the following. You know, take your pick in terms of what what you foresee as being what Trump is trying to do. Uh, in fact, there are three options. Uh, just the United States before Obama, just, just terraforming to erase Obama. But I think he's going further than that. I think he's going all the way back to the 1950s. I think he wants to eliminate everything mm-hmm. that's happened from 1961 until 2016. Yeah. And to just, like, I'm, not, I'm talking about slashing and burning, like carpet bombing, all of that. And I use the word terraforming, where what you do is you eliminate the atmosphere of a planet and replace it with the atmosphere and topography of your own planet. And Donald Trump is clearly from a different planet. And what he's doing is he's eliminating America as we know it to bring it back to this 1950s utopia or... or a kleptocracy just like russia i think that's what it is and that's yeah and that's one of the things that you and i have talked about at length privately at least is that what trump and a lot of the people around him a lot of the people who are supporting him like uh robert mercer and and like uh john bolton in fact uh are in the process of transforming the united states into a kleptocracy well and i think that i think what it is though is that what you were saying first, you know, wiping out everything and taking us back decades is what they want conservatives to think they're doing. Yeah. And then what what they're actually doing is turning it into a clip. clip oh, my God. You know what? I never thought of it that way. That's a really smart way to look at it because, yeah, it's like he's pulling a switcheroo on even the conservatives, even yeah. the people who support him, who don't know, who don't understand. They just think, oh, he's just making America great again. Well, what he's doing is he's making America Russia again. Right. <laughs> he's right. making America into Russia. And what we have in, in and that And making case, them think that they're going back to the time that they're celebrating in their minds the bullshit leave it to beaver that never truly existed in the first place. I mean, if you, if you lack morals and ethics the way Donald Trump is, and you look at someone like Vladimir Putin and you see how he's working all of Russia's wealth for himself and, and the limited number of uh, other wealthy people around him, that's got to be significantly appealing to something like someone oh, like yeah, Donald Trump. Absolutely. Where, where Donald Trump's looking at that, I go, well, how can I get in on that? How can I do something similar to that? Because I want that kind of money. Well, I think it's a combination of what you're saying as far as his own personal greed. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also mixed in with, you know, he's clearly Putin has shit on him, as we all know. <laughs> Literally and, and, and figuratively. Yeah. And um, I don't know who he's speaking with, uh, you know, uh, from the Kremlin meaning Trump. I don't yeah. know who's got Trump's ear, but surely there are uh, Putin puppets, <laughs> Putin, yeah. Putin no lackeys, puppet. no Putin puppet. lackeys You're the who puppet. are feeding him ideas. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I th- I'm sure, you know, he watches Fox News and he gets ideas from Fox News. Uh, we watched the President Show special the other night and yeah. there was this whole bit on him talking to young people who were for gun control and then talking to 
you know, the, the gun people who were like, you're not going to take our guns. So he'd go sit with the kids mm-hmm. and they would say A, B, C, and D. And he'd be like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. A, B, C, and D. And then he'd run to his gun friends oh, or right. the, the gun people. And then they would say, no, E, D, F, G. And then he was, oh yeah. So he just goes with the moment. Yeah. Somebody can easily convince him of something. If it sounds logical, he doesn't take the time to really chop it up and figure out where the truth is. He just goes with sounds good. So I'm sure he has Putin's lackeys in his ear giving him ideas and making him feel like you know these ideas are his own mm-hmm. and uh and, and those ideas are leading to a kleptoc- kleptocracy yeah well it's, it's either that he just accepts what he's being told by people he likes i think that's a lot of it or yeah and i guess you can combine that with the fact that what we know is that he tends to go with whatever the last thing was right. that he heard so and if you give him a compliment on top of it <laughs> yeah that's like the cherry on top of the uh, big hunking slice of chocolate cake or whatever yeah. it is that the president Big, shaped. beautiful. Big, big, beautiful, most beautiful chocolate cake. Chocolate. Cho- Lately, I've been noticing his New York accent when <laughs> I've been mocking him. Like, we've got the worst laws. Laws. <laughs> I got to tell you about the laws. The laws. We have the terrible laws. And so I, I can't stop you mocking know, him and his go, stupid voice. Going back to what you were initially saying in the f- first part of the podcast about having Trump whether it's fatigue or needing normalcy or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I have also, part of this is coming from, I don't know why, but both my computer and my phone. Um, if, if, if somebody, let's say, quote, tweet, tr- quote, tweets Trump. Yeah. What I see is the quote tweet, but then underneath it says tweet is not available. So Trump's tweet shows up as being not, not available. available. Now, I can click it. on the tweet and read it, and I can go to his wall and read it. So yeah. I haven't been blocked by him or anything. It's just that for some weird reason, um, both my phone and my computer, I, I don't see his tweets. So... Um, what so, if what uh, if Trump muted you? It might be, but I just don't know if muting does that. Well, I mean, wouldn't that be weird if Trump muted you? Well, that you? would actually... He should do that. He, he should, should be, be <laughs> muting people yeah. and not blocking people. Right. But, but um, because I think the blocking thing, he's he's getting sued for that. There's a class action suit that's either formed or forming. Oh, that's um, right. From people who are... Because he, it's, it's a First Amendment thing, isn't right. it? Um, yeah, and it's like he he's, works for us. Yeah. So anyway, I think that part of this comes from the fact that I don't always see his tweets. Yeah. I don't wake up and go to his Twitter feed. I kind of avoid um, coverage of him. The only time I really ever see anything is if there's some kind of like crazy uh, viral thing that's going over. Then I'll learn about it or watching the nightly news uh, or, you know, I should say cable news. I watch MSNBC. Yeah. Um, you know, then I'll see him. But during the day, the cable I'm kind news. of, yeah, the cable. Uh, during the day, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not aware. Yeah. I see what people are saying about him and all of that, but I'm just kind of <laughs> You can't see what he's saying. You know you know what it is? I just figured it out. It's Roger Stone. Oh, of course it is. God, why didn't I think of that? He's coming after us. In fact, he's <laughs> out, just outside our window. He's on one of those uh, one of those one of those uh, platforms for window washing. <laughs> and, he's, and he's out But he's there. dressed in black with his black cap on. <laughs> That's right. And his crazy round black glasses. He's in his Roger Stone ninja outfit <laughs> with his pointy, pointy head. 
Oh, Jesus. So, and that's confounding to me why that keeps happening to you on Twitter. It's so strange. It's so, it is. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't understand it. So Mueller's team is questioning Ro- Russian uh, gangsters as they enter the United States, Russian oligarchs as they enter and, and seizing their uh, their electronic devices and going through their legal. devices. Yeah, yeah. So this Alex Jones cosplayer, this uh, junior Alex Jones, this, you know, Alex Jones youth, this guy who looks like he's 12 years old, uh, Owen Schroyer went off on Mueller today and actually threatened, like was suggesting to the oligarchs that they punch Mueller. And so not only is this guy referring, this kid yeah, referring to- let him to, do that. Yeah, he's referring to Mueller as Mueller. And first of all, throughout. I mean, is, is Mueller standing there at the airport? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's Mueller himself <laughs> hanging out of the gate. He's like, oh, Oleg Garapaska shows up at gate five in what, five minutes? Oh, I gotta run. I just gotta run to the gate. Get there before Oleg Garapaska gets there. Uh, no, I don't think that's happening. I think there are people. Yeah. What? I don't know. Does Mueller have le- paralegals? Interns, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. But they're stopping. I guess I assume they're FBI agents stopping yeah. the, uh, the the gangsters at the gates. And uh, and that also makes me question why there so many gangsters are entering the United States from Russia. Uh, but that's a whole other question. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. But so let's play a little of this audio from this Alex Jones stooge. This guy, Owen Schroyer, who is 13 years old. <laughs> and he's filling in for Alex Jones. And he's suggesting that, uh, that the oligarchs punch out Mueller. Again, he's defending the oligarchs. We've got news breaking now on Robert Mueller. Mueller. You know what? Pregnant pause, pregnant pause, pregnant pause, pregnant pause. Robert Mueller. There it is. Pregnant pause, pregnant pause, pregnant pause. Oh, Robert Mueller, that guy. I'll tell you that. Uh, pregnant pause, pregnant pause. What pregnant- a <laughs> douche that guy is. Pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. Pregnant what pause. What an un-American <laughs> scumbag. <laughs> yeah. This story. Uh, oh. oh, he's got lots to say. This guy. I can't say what I'd like to say to Robert Mueller right now on air because it's a family show. I'm sorry for already. But he just called him a losing douche. Losing it. And, um, and um, he just called him a douche. But, but man, yeah. F that guy. Yeah. That this guy. Story breaks on CNN. Family Mueller's show. team questioning Russian oligarchs. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Mueller. Mueller. Is now sitting at the airport in New York. <laughs> no, he yeah, isn't. Mueller, Mueller and questioning is. <laughs> Russian oligarchs right there at the airport, ha- enjoying some sabaro. I was just gonna say that. Oh my god, I was just gonna say cramming sabaro pizza in his mouth. <laughs> I swear to God. We need to stop doing that. We need to <laughs> stop whatever we're doing. We need to stop saying the same things I at the same time. I literally was gonna say He's that. He's Robert Mueller. Mueller's enjoying some sabaro. <laughs> Oh my God! That's <laughs> Some Pete's coffee. Stopping them and searching their electronic devices and reading their private messages. Pregnant pause. 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 Here's a question: Where's the? That was like, what's the Back to the Future? It's George McFly. Yeah, George McFly. And that was after a th- like a three-minute pregnant pause. Yeah. Stopping them and searching their electronic devices and reading their private messages. <laughs> Is he be- did he fart there? Is that <laughs> yeah. what- oh my god, he's so he's so dramatic. <laughs> Here's a question. Where's the ACLU? Here's a question. Why haven't you gone through puberty yet? <laughs> oh, let me tell you. If Robert Mueller Mueller 
if Robert Mueller would have Mueller. would have would have stood at the southern border, and he would have questioned people crossing over the southern border illegally and re reading their text messages, the ACLU would be up his butt immediately, family saying show. he's a racist and he has to be jailed. But it's a but family. But he show. goes to the airport. No, he doesn't. And questions Russian oligarchs and reads their electronic devices at the airport like a total insane madman. He's an insane madman. The That's... ACLU silent. Well, yeah, right. I mean, if, you know what? If Mueller was literally doing that, if Mueller was going to uh, the uh, airports himself <laughs> and, and personally questioning, I would say that Mueller is an insane madman yeah. myself. I would say that, too. But he's not. He's not doing that. Well, of course, we understand he means Mueller's team. But he's, of course, he has to say Mueller. Yeah. Because it sounds better. Well, and now we're getting to the part where he uh, he says that the oligarchs should punch Mueller. <laughs> Wait. I, I actually think they should. Do you remember? <laughs> Do you believe? I started the audio back up again, and it was like 30 seconds of silence anyway. <laughs> so I might as well have not. So what were you going to say? I think they should try to punch Mueller. I think they should try it. Give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Give it a shot. Because something tells me that Mueller can throw down. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to fuck with Mueller. Remember the second... <laughs> it was just... Yet, I mean, I, I, I've been saying this every day now. Robert every Mueller day. is Mueller. off the chain. He has no boundaries. He is limitless. He is above the law. He is lawless. He is super Mueller. Oh, Just good. like Obama was. Mueller. It's this super guy Mueller. needs to be brought down. Super Mueller is what Trump it's... needs to stop this. This is out of control, man. Yeah, please. How it... is it that Robert Mueller is a... Please encourage the president to create a constitutional crisis. Please keep telling him to fire Super Mueller. Super Mueller. <laughs> God damn it. Above I love Super Mueller. Super Mueller. Super Mueller is my favorite superhero. <laughs> the entire world. He can just stop a Russian and say, I'm reading your text messages. I wish that Russian would have beat his ass right there. Excuse yeah. me. Wow. That's what I would have done. Oh, I mean, oh, 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 Mr. Mueller, you want to see my text messages? Here it is right, right there, buddy. Oh, yeah, there's a good one for you to read right there. That's, he's, he's pretending to punch Mueller. Sorry, Super Mueller with his handheld device. This is why my faith in humanity is low. This is what he's encouraging. Mm -hmm. Kimberly Johnson, this guy is encouraging <laughs> on InfoWars r the Russians to beat up the special counsel. These are the people that Trump and all the Trumpers are listening to mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah. I went off on a rant about this to, to Buzz on Tuesday, despite my lack of caffeine. I was like, you know what I'm sick and tired of is throughout the last, at least the last 10 years, every time I talk about InfoWars or talk about Ann Coulter right. or it's one of these fucking yeah. wing nuts. You get shit. I get a lot of shit. Why are you paying attention to him? Why, right. are, you pay, why are you playing this clip of Owen Schroyer from InfoWars? Because they're informing the president. Mm -hmm. This is shit that, oh, that I almost said Obama. That Trump is listening to. I don't know if you've heard the news, um, and I'm going to say his name wrong, but a CNN contributor who was an African-American basically declared a Bernie, Bernie 2020 bid dead yeah. because Bernie was in Jackson, Mississippi yesterday on M MLK's birthday. And, and his, he said that, uh, I don't have the quote in front of me, but the basic overall was that he said that, you know, for the last 15 years, Democrats have lost elections and um, people, 
<laughs> I know pictures they've used of Bernie <laughs> screaming. A picture of Bernie screaming. He's <laughs> just screaming about all the oligarchs. The oligarchs. But he basically just said, you know, well, we got around that because Barack Obama was a charismatic man. He also called him a brilliant man. And African-American voters took offense to this, basically dismissing Obama. Um, you know, now look, I think there is a little tiny bit of truth of, of what Bernie's saying, and I can understand where he's coming from, but he was fucking wrong. He was wrong in, yeah. in his, as usual, I mean, look, in the, we've got proof. The 2010 and the 2014 elections sucked for us. The Democrats did a poor job right. of getting people motivated to vote, whether it was because they thought people don't vote in midterm elections or whatever the reason. Um, and Obama could have maybe uh, stepped it up a little, but this is not entirely on him at all. No. This, the, Yes, he has something to do with it because he's the president, and he did a great, fantastic job of getting people to vote for him. So mm. I think that... He might have, you know, talked to senators and representatives and said, look, go play up Obama Obamacare, uh, you know, brag about it. Tell your constituents why it's working for them. And then the, and, and, and none of these people did that. Mm-hmm. So the whole Democratic Party um, definitely needed a kick in the ass yeah. without a doubt. Um, and so I understand because because, you know, I, I see the, the Bernie supporters getting really angry. And, and arguing about this. And then I see all the people who can't stand Bernie are just saying, fuck you, go away. Mm-hmm. I think there is truth to the fact that we can always improve our party. We should always be able to be critical of our party, but we need to offer solutions and not constantly um, badger and damn the party, which I see Bernie doing. Yeah. Yes, we need to be... We need to fix what's wrong. Well, and we're never going to be 100%. We're always going to have to fix this problem over here. And then mm. we fix that. And then there's a new problem. We have to go tend to that problem. There's nothing wrong with pointing it out. And, and the second point, though, that I want to make is I posted this. I did not post this on my main page because I did not the fucking headache. Oh, yeah. But I posted it in groups. And so there's a lot of discussion going on. On Facebook. And, yeah. yeah. And several different groups. And so I wanted to stay up on this. And, and you know, sometimes I post articles just because I want to put the information out there and I don't necessarily come back and always comment. But in this particular case, I wanted to come and comment. And and so, you know, there were some Bernie supporters and they're basically saying, oh, well, th- they're misunderstanding. It's like, don't tell black people how to feel about Bernie. <laughs> Jesus they Christ. feel alienated yeah. by him for a reason. And so this is, and, and then I'm, the other thing I'm saying is, oh, this is very divisive. It's such a divisive article. And it's like, Bernie's making the divisive uh, comments he, if he can't understand how to uh, appeal to black voters, that's his problem. Mm. That's not people out in the social media sphere arguing. Yeah. Um, they're pissed off because of what they're hearing. And I understand their beef and I agree with him. I think that the problem with Bernie is he does have some good ideas, but sometimes execution sucks. And, and once it's out there, you can't go back. It's like when he said Hillary wasn't qualified. It's a stupid thing for him to say. Mm-hmm. And and we all understood what he meant. But he but the, when you're a fucking running for president, you have to make clear what you're saying on yeah. the first run. You can't go back and re-explain everything. If you can't you've lost. And you certainly don't provide talking points to whoever the Republican nominee yeah, and is. He does be, it and constantly. A, yeah. You know, I mean, I think the perfect example of somebody who understands how to do this is Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. She points out where vulnerable where Democrats are vulnerable or where we can improve. But that's her whole focus is 
Look, we need to improve. I'm gonna Gosh, make some, I'm golly. gonna make some cookies, and we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk about how to improve the Democratic Party. I'm gonna flip my collar and make some brownies, and gosh, golly, we're gonna solve problems for the American people. Yeah, but I mean, so she comes from a place of let's really get things improved. Yeah, and and he comes from I'm just gonna slam it and say the Democrats don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, and it's like he's off-putting and abrasive. And it's like, oh my God, Bernie, stop uh, fucking I'm, telling black people or pissing off black people. Go to fucking Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> I'm hearing your impression and then looking at this picture of him <laughs> on Screaming. the Independence, just going, oh, he's going, what does a yellow light mean? Um, okay. All right. We're going to take one last break and I've got this Bernie quote in front of me here. So I'm going to read okay. the Bernie quote after we come back after these words. You're not going out to play until you've finished all your homework. Oh, mother scrubber. No dessert until you've eaten your vegetables. <sighs> mother scrubber. Who's mommy's little oogie woogums? Show your mama some love. Give me a kiss. Oh, mother scrubber. You're not going out dressed like that, are you? Oh, mother scrubber. This Mother's Day, celebrate the first woman in your life, the one who taught you everything you know with a special something from Bubble Genius. Like our Mother Scrubber gift basket loaded with mama-friendly stuff, including our cocoa butter-enhanced Yo Mama bath bar and hippie stench perfume. Or Fresh Pick Suds, a lovely collection of flower soaps for your sweet ma. How about an artsy Bath the Venus bath bar? Bubble Genius has something for the best mother scrubbing mama out there. Yours. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com all right, welcome back to today's show. Kimberly A. Johnson is here today. She does the best Bernie Sanders impression <laughs> I've heard since Larry David, so that's that's making me laugh today. Okay, here's this Bernie quote. <clears throat> the uh, the business model, if you like, the business model, if you like, of the Democratic Party for the last 15 years has been a failure. <laughs> People sometimes don't see that because I have to do the I'm asking for the check gesture that he does all the time. Yeah. I have to do that whenever I'm doing a, do it, just waving the arm around. People sometimes don't see that because there was a charismatic individual named Barack Obama, Obama, <laughs> should say, Obama. Barack Obama. He was obviously an extraordinary candidate, brilliant guy, but beyond that reality, uh, what does he say here? It continues beyond that reality. Uh, oh yeah. He just trails off. Right. <laughs> Thanks Bernie for leaving me hanging. But beyond that reality, Dot, 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 Mr. Sanders' comments were quickly, quickly branded as patronizing and deplorable. Yes. Yeah, you, don't you know what? And I, I just want to add one more thing, because what I'm seeing in, in the arguments, of course, it's still the... Uh, a lot of a lot of the progressives or whatever are screaming about the fact that this is a divisive article or a divisive comment. People are wondering if it's fake news. It's a fucking CNN contributor said it. It's not fake news. You can yeah. agree with it or disagree with it. That's fine. But look, one of the th the points is that that has been brought up is that we Democrats have to stop attacking each other. Okay, look, this man who made this comment as a Democratic strategist, and he was offended. So he expressed himself. 
and he was pissed off. He, like many others. Now, we should be able to be a, we, we should be able to express ourselves mm-hmm. about a candidate. Yes, we've, we, we are facing Rus- Russian attacks. And, and what we are saying online is being studied and they're trying to use it to turn us against each other. But that doesn't mean that as voters, we should just automatically swallow what we don't like and say nothing. We have to be able to criticize our candidates and elective officials. And because sometimes, you know, for instance, when I'm on social media, somebody points something out that I had not even thought about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about it this way. So we have to learn our country has to get our shit together Mm -hmm. and understand, you know, to, to stop the, the, I don't know, they do it in other countries as far as, you know, keeping the Russian interference at a minimum online. So Mm -hmm. we need to figure out some kind of regulation, how to handle that. But what we cannot do is allow Russian attacks to stop us from healthy debate. Yeah. Because, if again, I know that this is going to piss a lot of people off, but if Bernie is our only, uh, you know, choice in 2020, then I'm going to vote for him. Yeah, I don't want to, and I don't completely trust him, but I'm going to vote for him. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to vote for whoever the Democratic candidate is, and and I don't want Joe Biden to run, but if Joe Biden runs, I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> Right. So, you know, it's like, but we should still be able to criticize these people and not have to listen to, but, but we're so divided. It's like, yes, we're divided, but we're all going to have different opinions about mm-hmm. these people. So in the primaries, we vote our conscience. In the general, we vote for the country. Yep, yep, yep. Meanwhile, it gets worse because now we've got Dennis Kucinich running yeah, for governor in Ohio. Yeah, I fucking saw his name and I'm like, what the... Did you see what he's uh, what's going on uh, in NBC and News? And the progressives are all loving him. Here's what NBC News reported in this uh, this uh, Democratic primary race for Ohio governor. Kucinich has demonstrated a reluctance to criticize Trump that he didn't display toward fellow Democrat Barack Obama when he was president. So this again, this screams out like mm-hmm. is is there something going on here? Well, Jen, you know, Jen Kirkman was on the after party a couple of weeks ago and yeah. she brought Dennis Kucinich up. I mean in a very passing way. Mm-hmm. Um but she, you know, was was saying at some point that she was um you know, interested in Kucinich. And I remember my mother was too, you yeah. know, for a brief period of well, time. Well, Kucinich was Bernie before Bernie right. was on the presidential level. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, so I was, as everybody knows, I was a Bernie supporter in the primary. Mm-hmm. My thoughts on him have changed. I'm not so happy with him anymore. I don't completely trust him. But I, as I've said a million times, I, I still like his ideas. I like the idea of single payer. I like the idea of, of, of free college. Yeah. Um, just like we have, you know, we have free um, grade school, high school, same idea. Doesn't mean we can't have colleges that you pay for, mm-hmm. but the community colleges I think should be free. Yeah. And I don't mind paying my taxes, but I'm, I'm way past college age. I am happy as almost 50 years old to pay taxes so that younger people can get an education because it, because it a rising, benefits. a rising tide lifts all yeah. boats. Right. And so if, if people are doing better in life because of better education, then everyone yeah, does better. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So one last thing before we wrap up today, evolutionary biologist Vazrik Nazari has identified a new centimeter wide moth disclosing his findings on zookies. It has a silky head of bright yellow scales, 
which the moth develops in adulthood, and its head has been described as orange-yellow in coloration. The body is white, and the wings are brown or grayish. (laughs) Also an important detail, its genitalia is comparatively smaller (laughs) than that of the Neopalpa neonata, its close relative. Nazari has therefore named it thusly... (laughs) Wait for it. Neopala... Donald Trumpy. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. The evolutionary biologist named the moth with the white blonde tresses as and small genitalia after Donald That's Trump. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> now it's true, Mr. President. There is now a bug called the Neopalpa Donald Trumpy. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. It that's, is. That's the best name for something since uh, Modi, Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> and I, I just love the Trumpy part. <laughs> Teeny tiny little penis on this moth. <laughs> I mean, even by moth standards, it's a tiny penis. I'm sure all the, all the moths are offended. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Are you moth-splaining, Bob? <laughs> all right. Uh... <laughs> Thank you for being on the show today, Kimberly Johnson. Of course. Don't forget to buy my book on Amazon, Peyton's Choice. Buy her book, Peyton's Choice. American Woman and the Virgin Iris. You can go through our Amazon link at bobsuska.com. It's the all caps Amazon link. I told you about it at the bottom of the show, so you need to hear me say it again. So in the meantime, just go to our Patreon page and sign up for our bonus content. $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month. Those are the different levels. And for those different levels... You get all kinds of fun, free stuff. And you've got a Patreon page. Well, so do I. But I just wanted to say that $15 a month gets you our after... It's the two of us. Yeah, oh, yeah. But that's $10. Oh, it's only $10. Okay. $10, gets you, $10 gets you the after party, which is me and Kimberly tomorrow, uh, and our free-form conversation for however long it takes, uh, plus uh, two post-mortem shows a week. That's what you get for $10. $5 gets you two post-mortem shows. $15 gets you two post-mortem shows, the after party, and a commercial-free version of this show that you just heard. And uh, that's convenient. We do that just for you. Okay, meanwhile, uh, some plugs here at the end of the show. Buzz Burbank is founded. BuzzBurbank.com and RealmNetwork.com. That's R-E-L-M Network.com. Jody Hamilton's at From-The-Bunker.com. Jackie Schechner uh, facilitates InvestigateRussia.org. So everything you need to know about Russia is right there. And thanks to Jackie Schechner for that. Stephanie Miller's at StephanieMiller.com. Uh, again, Kimberly Johnson's uh, podcast is at patreon.com slash start me up. Uh, Jen Kirkman's tour dates can be found at jenkirkman.com. And you can listen to this show also at littlegreenfootballs.com. Thanks to Charles Johnson. All right. That's the show. Postmortem show coming up next. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.